Hey guys, and welcome back to Rebel Hearts. This is episode 57, and we are in Toronto. Woo! Hey! So that means you know who's here. It me. It her. Welcome back to the podcast where Sam only asked me to come on and talk about topics I don't know anything about. And so I just sit here <laughs> silently. I had um, I had written, I, I didn't know what I was going to do. And then I saw one article and I went on a tangent and I wrote this whole ass episode and I told Kate, I was like, I know what we're going to talk about. And she's like, great. I know nothing about anything that you wrote. Nope. So I'm just going to sit here and talk and she's going to make the casual comment like, mm, oh, I don't love that. Hate that. And uh, we have our Starbucks. Guys, and I'm on my third iced coffee of the day. It's 11 in the morning. We're really getting through it today. We're out here. I'm uh, I'm on my fifth coffee. This is my first iced coffee. Um, I'm thriving. Uh, we're going to see 21 pilots in a couple hours. Hell yeah. Um, on a scale of one to giving a fuck about them, I don't. So they canceled their show tomorrow because they really didn't think that the... Um, the Raptors. The were Raptors. No one thought the Raptors would win. Not 21 Pilots, not Ticketmaster, not Scotiabank Arena, not Toronto at all. But um, they did. So the show got canceled, even though the venue across the street doesn't have anything going on for another week. Mm. It's fine. That's the tea. So <laughs> so other than that, um, we've been in we've been in Toronto for a couple of days now um, on a scale of one to things that we've done. We've absolutely done none. None of the things. So we are in the most um like ghetto rig setup I've ever had on this podcast. Um, no, Nashville was worse. Um, in Nashville, we oh. sat on the floor with like seats as tables and <laughs> Sam sat with her back to me for some reason. And that's just what we did for two hours. I don't remember why I did that. I think that the, that's just the way that the setup was. I don't, I don't I'm know. I'm intimidating. I get it. She scared the shit out of me. You know, it's the boots. Um, but we have like pillows and a lot of you know rigged stuff going on so we're just gonna wing it like i said i had written uh, a couple of things so we're probably gonna go off on tangents and stuff kate's probably gonna say some things but um i did want to talk about really important stuff today um i've been trying to make this episode for a couple of days now i saw pat before i had um left for toronto i'm actually the last time <laughs> the last time we were here, I was sitting in a kitchen in Raleigh, North Carolina, where I said it was my home. Uh, that was, um, yeah, no, that's not happening anymore. Uh, I did move to Raleigh for five days and it just wasn't for me. I didn't love it the way that I should have for, you know, moving somewhere for no reason, not getting fired from a job, not getting kicked out of my house. I didn't need to move there unless it felt right. And luckily my friend, she, um, she wanted to live with me in Asheville. And I'm like, all right, dope, let's do it. So long story short, uh, today is Tuesday. On Saturday, I will be a Nashville, Tennessee resident. <laughs> Lit. <laughs> so yeah, um, it's been an, it's been really crazy. But I did see Pat before I left for Toronto. We didn't record an episode because Pat and I haven't actually like sat and hung out without working, so to speak, or recording something. So we just sat in my... Um, on my porch and we just like talked for a couple hours and it was really nice to not actually like work. So, um, yeah, I saw Pat, I was going to record this episode with him because I knew that he had a lot to say, but it just didn't feel right. And then I was going to record it by myself, but I said, eh, leave it for Kate who, um, <laughs> did not do any research. I mean, I know, I know one of the topics, but everything else you mentioned about all these artists doing things, I'm like, I nope, don't know. <laughs> well, we love education, so you're about to get educated, bitch. And I'm about to choke to death on 
whatever bean that was honestly that's the way to go honestly the the bean happening in my throat right now is just not gucci so if i choke to death you're gonna have to take over everything's it's here fine. it's yeah. literally right in front of us so you're good you can take over but uh anyway so to jump right into it after that really long unnecessary intro I did want to talk about something that was really important. It's still really important, but um, it got a lot of people talking, and that's uh, the abortion ban and also mental health we're going to get into today because while I was researching uh, all the artists that were talking about the abortion ban, they actually have something about mental health that's um, been going around between all of them, which was really great. I didn't set out to look for that. I just looked for comments and everything about the abortion ban, and then I just found mental health things that everybody was doing. So um, I I don't remember if I had already talked about this, but oh God, voice, weird. Um, I had the absolute displeasure of wasting almost two hours of my life seeing the movie Unplanned, which follows the real life story of Abby Johnson and how she was once pro-choice and then Jesus changed her. And now she thinks all abortion is the devil's work or some bullshit like that. All I know like about the movie is Sam was texting me live updates. <laughs> <laughs> I was texting you in chat. I was like, what am I doing here? Um, all I know in addition to that is that the theater was packed with way too many old people, 75 and older. I mean, yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> and all of them were white and they had fucking <laughs> clapped at the end of the movie. And I was so disturbed and disgusted by the end that I was just like forced. It was just forced with propaganda being shoved down my throat that I left before the credits even popped up on the screen. It's just like the fact that that movie even exists and got a cinematic release. How did it even get made? Dude, I don't even know. It's just really disturbing to me. And like, I'm all for hearing both sides of the argument and I'm all for education. Not but, this one. But holy shit, that movie literally <laughs> was just like a propaganda filled shitstorm, And like the emphasis on religion playing a part in it just made my stomach turn because I'm Again, all for people like believing what they believe in and everything, but jamming it down people's throats the way that conservatives claim LGBTQ people do by just existing is just like super gross to me. And I just hated it. And fuck you, Chad, for making me do it. Chad. Actually, you know what's funny? In the last episode, I think that we had talked about this and Chad claims that he never made me see it. That is a bold face lie. <laughs> Not really, but. I, I could pull up the text right now, but I'm too lazy to do it because that's effort. But Chad had told me about this movie and I was like, holy shit, we have to see it. He's like, I'm not giving them my money. I was like, Chad, we don't pay for movies. He goes, I'm not giving them AMC's money. <laughs> so um, I had gone to see it because uh, Chad and I do this thing where um, we both talk about a movie and one of us, if it's a really shitty movie or really stupid, only one of us sees it and tells the other person so that only one of us has to suffer. He did that with Aladdin. <laughs> Um, yeah, he saw Aladdin. He said the movie Brightburn, that superhero spooky movie, he said was a lot better. And um, he saw something else. I don't remember, but he saw something. Oh, he saw The Intruder. Dennis Quaid. Yes. Um, he really did that. Um, but yeah, Chad and I, we sacrifice ourselves for certain movies. And Chad told me about the My Pillow guy, the inventor of the My Pillow. Terrible pillow, by the way. Zero out of ten. Um, he contributed a million dollars to the funding of Unplanned. <gasps> yeah. So the more you know, we hate that. Don't love that whatsoever. So yeah, P Chad told me about that. And he sent me the Wikipedia page and I was like, oh, I have to see this shit storm of a, sh of a movie. And like, it was fine up until like 15 minutes in. Up until it changed? Up until like... Because the girl was all for abortions until she worked yeah, there, right? No. Yeah, yeah. So basically a short summary of the movie is that 
Abby Johnson, who's a real life person, she worked for Planned Parenthood. She was. Uh, Wait, in- this is a real life story, dude. It's a real life story. Oh my. Abby Johnson is a real ass bitch. So. Oh my God. The best part is there's a quote. She's like, you know, I really hated me at the beginning. And then at the end, I really loved me. And I'm like, that's a fat mood. Um, she, so she was, her whole family is super religious. They're like anti-abortion, all of this, like super conservative. So she was in college and she had went to this convention. There was a Planned Parenthood booth and the girl kind of like convinced her, like you should, you should intern for us. Like you should, you know, work for free for us so abby went and she she was kind of like really like sketched out at first because there was a lot of people outside of planned parenthood they were like you're you're murdering babies and like all those like religious people that hold up signs like murderer murderer so she was like really turned off by that as anybody probably would be and she was really scared and then she really didn't love her first day but she still kept going back and then after a while she just really really loved her job and she was like all about quote-unquote selling abortions and then the movie just kind of took a turn because they made the Planned Parenthood woman like this evil like Jafar oh of course they would yeah even Jafar's not that evil like let's be real (laughs) Uh, I just keep thinking every time I think about Jafar I think about that family guy episode where Suey's like Jafar might need glasses and it's just Jafar being like number one number two oh my god that's a great that's a great uh clip from family guy but anyway so yeah so that was basically the biggest turnoff of the movie not to mention that they made abortion look like you're literally sucking a baby through a straw okay, i hate two things about- <laughs> i hate two things about three things now <laughs> now three i hate um these things about that whole movie and concept of it in general is one the anti-abortion people are like trying to control what other people do as if it affects them in any way but also the idea that they think planned parenthood is only about abortions right like it's not and they're just saying they're like you fucking baby murderers no there's a few other things that go on <laughs> that things. are quite important a couple things that's just what i think gets my goat the most <laughs> <laughs> it really tickles my biscuit no uh i was actually telling my dad about this i don't remember why the conversation came up but i was talking to him about this movie and i was like you know what really pisses me off just like Kate said, is that, yes, abortion is a big part of Planned Parenthood because obviously it's the one place where you can get it safely done by, you know, professionals and all of that. But Planned Parenthood is so much bigger than that. You know, people get birth control from there. Like as somebody, I just turned 26 in February, right? And I don't have health insurance right now because I live in America and everything sucks. But I... I've been on birth control since I was 17 years old because I had three ovarian cysts the size of golf balls explode inside of me. My ovaries twisted and um, my appendix burst all in the same time when I was 17. So they advised me. How are you alive right now? I don't know, but I was thriving clearly. (laughs) But that's the thing too. It's so important because it's for underage girls too. Yeah. That like you don't want to go to the doctor with your mom and be like, I'm having this like awkward sex problem. Yeah. It's like I'm sexually active. Sorry, mom. But so I had to go on birth control at 17 because they said that my cyst can come back like tenfold if I wasn't on it. So I started taking birth control at 17 years old. Now, as a 26 year old woman who is obviously sexually active, it is not a good time to be off medication that you've been on since you were 17. So I had this huge problem of trying to figure out what I could do. And now there's like, there's like pill clubs out there. There's, there's the pill club, there's NERCs, there's, um, hers, there's all sorts of pill clubs out there for $30 a month. You can get your, um, you can get your pills and all of this stuff by medical professionals. There's a lot of things, but I was freaking out for, you know, for a while because I was on my last pack and I told my mom I don't know what to do and she's like you got to go to Planned Parenthood and it's you know my brother's gone to Planned Parenthood for numerous things like you know everybody like 
I don't it's just really really sad to me that people just see it as like this baby murdering factory when really it's it's a place to get you know birth control which is healthcare essentially it's a place to get condoms it's a place just to get basically everything anyone really yeah anybody at any age they don't judge you and everything and like let's be real sex ed is probably the it's literally the most like least done thing in school i would say and it's probably the most important one yeah it's literally glossed over and it's like everybody in their life at some point is going to have some sort of sexual experience you know and it's just i I hated it so much. And the fact that these like seven, no joke. I was the youngest person in that theater by at least 25 years, at least. And it was just really sad to see an entire theater filled with people that are so much older that don't understand and that just have no business being there. It's heartbreaking, but it's also kind of nice to realize that our generation isn't like that. Yeah, it's true. But I just sat there at the top of the theater and I'm just like, what in the fuck is happening? I made a lot of, um, outburst not gonna lie and then Good. I, I was laughing a lot too i was like this can't be fucking real like honestly the first five minutes of the movie it was like a full-term fucking baby getting sucked through a straw and i'm like this is not a thing that's like people like conservatives like you're murdering babies it's like you really how many full-term like how many third trimester abortions do you think are performed literally very little but it's just it's a lot but uh before we go a little more into the abortion ban, I do want to talk about a couple of other things that will tie into it. And one of those is being um, Halsey. She's actually come back with a new song that could really have not come at a better time. Okay, disclaimer. Um, <laughs> Sam told me probably about a solid week ago, we'll talk about the new Halsey song. And I was like, cool, haven't heard it. Still haven't heard it. That's we were, we were it. up la- <laughs> We were up last night just chilling and it was 10 o'clock and sam played Super halsey late. performing it live and i was like this is my first time hearing the song i don't remember it but um that was my first impression and the best part is i was like i don't really like the first verse or like the chorus or like it, the she was end. like <laughs> sam's like i don't know why i don't like the song the song plays she's like oh i hate the music i hate the beat i hate the chorus i hate the verse i hate the way she's singing i hate this but i don't know why i don't like it i was like i guess i don't really like the song but um, it really couldn't have come at a better time, regardless how I felt about the song, regardless if Kate remembers 30 seconds I, of the listen, song. I remember she was screaming. I was like, kind of kind of fun and fresh. We love that. Um, it's a song called Nightmare. And it's just like, it's honestly, the lyrical content is really what got me. And I think it's got most women. Yes, I love that. We we do love that. It's it's really all the things that I think that most women in, the, in this generation want to say. And it's just the pre-chorus line alone, uh, she wrote... Um, come on, little lady, give us a smile. No, I ain't got nothing to smile about. I got no one to smile for. I waited a while for a moment to say, I don't owe you a goddamn thing. The new Captain Marvel theme song. Literally, higher, further, faster, and get the fuck out of my face. That's really what it is. I'm really here for this time of like the top female artists of the world just making these fuck you anthems. Yes. I'm really here for it, and I think it's about goddamn time, and I love how bothered the men are. Oh, my God. They're so bothered. Like, I haven't watched the video for Nightmare yet, but I heard that it's it's just as in your face as the song, and I think that's what Halsey was going for. And, you know... In addition to talking about this song right out of the gate, we're going to talk about um, the abortion ban again in a, in a couple minutes. But um, I haven't really talked about it online yet because I just really didn't want to do it disservice. I, I posted like maybe two things on Instagram stories. I just really wanted to get it right. And I really wanted my voice to be important to the conversation. 
Do you know what's really interesting about it is it was a white woman who was like, let's make this a ban. And then all of these white men, like the white men are getting the flack and like, yeah, they suck. I agree. But it was a white woman who uh, suggested it. Yeah. I cannot believe that. That's the crazy thing is like um, one of my friends, Courtney, uh, she and I had gone to Nashville together um, a year or so ago and she had posted something on Facebook. She's like, yes, get mad at the men that are passing this bill, but don't forget there are women involved in this too. But didn't they say that the bill can't be passed because it has to go like higher than the yes. people? Yeah. And they were like, we're not going to do that. That's stupid. Yeah. It's just, there's a lot going on. And like, yes, I'm all for like men being evil and all of that and taking down the white man. But also we have to remember that there, there are, are women against us too. Yeah. There are evil women out there too. And it's like, you know, I joke about all the time, like Kate and I joke about all the time. And I, me and all my friends will always say like men are trash, men are this. But at the end of the day, like it's really they're they're just for every shitty man. There's a shitty woman out there, too. Mm-hmm. Like oh, I'll say like statistics wise for every three shitty men, there's at least one shitty woman out there. And it's just that's that's the whole thing with feminism, too, you know. Everybody talks about how feminism is the F word. And I personally don't believe in using the word feminist because like, I don't call this a feminist podcast because I don't talk enough about men or men's issues on here to consider it a feminist podcast. Yes, because feminism is equal. Fun fact. Fun fact. Fun fact. (laughs) It's like there's this there's this joke out there. I don't really know if it's a joke, but people do say, you know, feminism is this wild concept that women are people, too. And it's like that's not feminism, though, because it's supposed to be men and women you know if you're going to talk about women's issues you have to talk about men's issues you have to to talk about non-binary you have to talk about trans issues and i do my best here to talk about non-binary trans lgbtq um, inclusive things but i can't sit here and call this a feminist podcast because i do not equally talk about men as i talk about women i mean this podcast is primarily women in music and i mean i've branched off into doing movies and talking about reviews and everything but feminism is this concept of men and women and equality and you have to talk about men's issues too like yeah i know some of us roll our eyes like men get everything already why the fuck do we still have to talk about them it's like no men's mental health men get the the work stuff and the woman get the mental health stuff i feel and it just it needs to be equal it does need to be equal like i said we don't talk about men's mental health uh enough it's just still considered stigmatized and just really taboo and I don't sit here and talk about it often enough, so I can't sit here and tell you that this is a feminist podcast because I don't talk yeah, about men's mental health. there's more to it than just that. Yeah. I wish I did, but I just, you know, it just doesn't happen, and it's unfortunate, and I'm going to try and do better, but it is what it is right now. But um, for those of you that don't know, while we're speaking about Halsey, I had a couple of things to say about her before we move on, but for you guys that don't know, Halsey actually suffered a miscarriage a couple of years ago that she talked to Rolling Stone about. And the day that she had found out, she had this show for Viva Lift and um, she was given the option to cancel and she refused. And she still says to this day, this was the angriest performance that she had ever given in her entire career. I can imagine. Yeah, I I watched a little bit of it and it's fucking angry. And I, I believe that she's like, I threw on a diaper, went up on stage and did what I had to do. And nobody and everybody told her, don't do it. And she was like, nope, I got to do this. And I think that it was kind of cathartic for her to do that. Did she do it to like get herself through that hard time? She probably did, to be honest. I don't remember what she had said in the interviews a couple years ago, but I think that a, a part of her wanted to release that energy because... Right, because you're holding on to a lot of emotions. Yeah, it's a lot of anger. I'm sure she was angry. I mean, that she, she did say that she 
had she have not miscarried she would have carried the baby to term like she wanted to be a mom and she was really upset about it so i think that that release right as that was happening like who wants to after hearing that news and after you know being in a fucking parking lot bleeding almost to death essentially she um what better way than to get up on stage and release all those emotions because you can't really sit there and just cry about it and just be mad when you know that's incredible you can be expressive about it so i mean with that with that being said i believe that she has harvested a lot of anger since then over various topics she had made a speech at the march for our lives march which i had played in my episode for it i I think it was like a full seven or eight minutes but i did play that whole thing um for our march for our lives episode that i had um made and she has spoken out on uh the victoria's secret fashion show and how uh she performed out of anger due to victoria's secret being transphobic where she said on her instagram i have adored the victoria's secret fashion show since i was young performing this year alongside amazing artists and hardworking models slash friends was supposed to be the best night of my year she continued however after i filmed the performance some comments were made regarding the show that i simply cannot ignore as a member of the lgbtq plus community i have no tolerance for the lack of inclusivity which I think is awesome. And then she directed anyone who had come to her page because they watched her performance at Gleason, an organization that provides uh, services to help and protect LGBTQ plus youth. Halsey ended her heartfelt note with a message to trans people. We stand in solidarity and complete uh, and complete and total acceptance is the only fantasy that I support and fantasy is in quotes. Do you know what? I think that is such a big power move with like the Victoria's Secret fashion show and also Coachella with the whole thing about how the owner donates his money and everyone's upset about that, which, uh, you know, I totally agree. But I think it's actually really interesting that people will perform at these things and then they're like, yeah, I don't fucking agree, but I'm performing so that I'm sending that message out. And I kind of dig that, you know, like why should you turn down this opportunity to kind of get that version of the message out there? Yeah. Like you're performing at Coachella and you're like, hey, fuck the founder this is a safe space you're just kind of like using their own thing against them and it's weird to me that they're even still like that who you posted the article and i can't think of who was it oh god i don't was it it mitski there's somebody no it was someone who i know oh i'm so upset i should have done my research you should have asked me this before (laughs) i should have asked you that i say i saved the tweet but um what kate just said actually was kind of in uh in relation to an article that she had posted a couple, uh, I think it was like a month or so ago, is when Coachella was going on. That was the whole power move behind it. Because it was an LGBTQ person, I believe, because people were like, how could you do that? And they were like, I'm going to make it a safe space. Yeah, which was really awesome. Um, I have talked about, I have an episode called Festivals Where the Women Aren't and how um, I believe it was Camp Cope. They had said how there's like nine women on the bill and how everyone thought it was fine. Um, I've spoken up about how Kevin Lyman is like the worst person on the planet as far as festival um, production goes with Warped Tour and how he has claimed that, you know, like nine percent of women on on the bill is acceptable. And if you were um, if you wanted to be on it, you had to be good. I've spoken up many times about how fucking I hate Kevin Lyman so much, but, um, and our friend Paige has actually gotten the displeasure of interviewing him. And she had said something similar about how, how wild it is that he really does not understand the concept of women. He thinks that just because, uh, he helped give Paramore a little push, then it's okay. (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. I had one. I had had Paramore. He he, he had one good big one. Next. (laughs) Next. Thank you. Next. Only. There is no next. Because <laughs> he doesn't let there be a next. Yeah, it's a, unless you're in like this 9% uh, percentile. 
But uh, still speaking about Halsey, she has overall done her best despite some comments in her past that she has been outspoken about. You know what? I don't really listen to much of her music or anything like that, but I really respect the fuck out of her and the things that she talks about. I mean, she's our age, too. Like, um, I back in back in the day i did have another podcast and we did um we did an episode about the problematic things that halsey has said and you know it's it's part of cancel culture and how toxic it is and honestly halsey has done so much in her career to really use her platform for good i mean she's really out here doing the most as yeah. somebody who's our age i think she's like 25 26 and it doesn't help people only give a shit when you do the bad or stupid things and for the longest time i feel like that's the only time i ever heard about her so i'm like oh this girl again but i also had no idea that she was doing good things too because no one ever fucking talked about that that's the thing that sucks is like i i've i've been a fan of halsey since like 2015 i loved badlands um it was one of the only records that i played in 2015 and it was just um she bothered me a lot that year, despite me loving her music so much. Um, she bothered me a lot that year because of some of the things that she had said. But her Twitter bio used to say, um, I'll never be anything but honest. And to be honest, <laughs> to, to be perfectly honest with you guys, I think that she has always been as honest as possible. I mean, like, yeah, she has shouted at her fans. She has done dumb shit. But I mean, at the end of the day, when you're that quote unquote famous and you have that such star power. I can't imagine because I'm 22. I cannot imagine being in that space right holy shit it wasn't until these past few months that i've been like i think i'm finally a pretty decent person yeah i mean i think she was like 22 23 when badlands came out and she was just getting i mean she's got millions of followers she's got all eyes on her and i think as somebody the person that she is i mean i don't know her personally you know obviously but i think that the kind of person that she portrays herself to be is somebody who really is a little sensitive and does want the truth out there you know if somebody says something negative about her she wants to be like um hold up this is the real fact this right. is this is the tea essentially and i i respect the hell out of that because that's kind of like me you know if somebody tries to smear my name i want to do whatever i can possible to be like no 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 this is the fact even if it makes me look like the asshole and it makes me look like i'm going against you know i'm creating drama so to speak silence speaks volumes but you know sometimes you just gotta snap sometimes you know like sometimes it really depends on the situation like sometimes silence is the most powerful response but also if someone's really coming after your name and it's something really important i think that you do have to speak up you know if someone's just talking trash and they're like oh this girl is an asshole or this girl's such a bitch or you know something so basic like that you know you can get over it but if somebody's literally attacking your character and saying this person said this about me and that's not true i think that in some circumstances you got to use your voice so I, I respect Halsey. I mean, like I said, nobody's perfect, especially somebody in the spotlight like that. And I do think that her clapping back at fans is kind of a little ridiculous sometimes. But sometimes people come after her. I've seen some of the replies on some of her tweets. Oh, yeah. For absolutely no reason. People just attack the shit out of her. Like when she was talking about um, this was, I think, a year or so ago. She had posted, she had tweeted that she wishes that... Um, hotel rooms had free shampoo the way that they have uh free shampoo for regular you know white hair yes she wishes that they had it for black hair i remember that people attacked her like nobody's business to the point that she had to make like uh not a retraction but she had to like explain herself now for those of you that don't know which i'm sure if you know halsey you know this but she is biracial and not gonna lie she does present a little darker than people think that she does i definitely think that she is 
a little more black than people give her credit for. Do you for. know what I think it is that she gets attacked for so easily is that she talks about things that other people don't. Like, who has ever talked about the free hotel shampoo? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, so if I she brings it up, that. people are like, what the hell? What's this your problem? Girl. Why is that an issue? So, like, that's why she gets attacked. It's because she just has different things to say. And I definitely think that she should be saying that. I mean, yeah. honestly white people should care about they really everything should. like, like it, it's concerning to me like yeah it's not something that we would have thought of but now that it's been brought up we're like oh damn like yeah. she's right right and it's just really annoying that people it's like you're damned if you do damned if you don't you know these these celebrities especially these white celebrities they get attacked for not talking about uh issues outside of being white and then they get ta- they they get trash talked for doing it it's just like you can't win and you know what? I respect the hell out of Halsey for staying, sticking to her guns. I mean, yeah, she kind of explained herself. But you know what? As somebody who's biracial and, you know, more often than not, she does present more black passing, white passing. I'm not going to lie. And it's just like she's li- she's literally biracial. And people are like this white girl. Yeah. Go back to your Starbucks. And it's like, OK, well, the last <laughs> the next time you want to bitch about somebody not talking about, um, you know, interracial issues on uh you know their platform remember that but uh still talking about nightmare i did want to bring this up uh there's a couple more lines that i wanted to share the second verse in her song it just really starts to show you know where the um the large portion of cis white men are probably you know feeling about other women it says no i won't smile but i'll show you my teeth and i'ma let you speak if you let me breathe i've been polite but won't be caught dead letting a man tell me what I should do in my bed. Keep my exes in check in my basement because kindness is weakness or worse, you're complacent. I could play nice or I can be a bully. I'm tired and angry, but somebody should be. Wow, I felt that. Right? I think everybody felt that. Um, that was a that was a big line that everybody kept talking about. Um, it's true. I'm tired and angry, but somebody should be. And it's just like, if you think about it, it's first of all not even just that line but that that whole uh verse is basically saying that women can never win no matter what we do it's true you know what just speaking of personal experience just two days ago it was um a solid 25 or 30 degrees celsius that's hot for canada you and i are walking around the city in the span of probably 30 minutes yeah we got cat called twice and like we were just wearing shorts. <laughs> we were just wearing shorts. And we had two old men say, thank you so much. Why don't you just stand there for a minute, honey? I love this weather. It is so fucking creepy. And it's like uh, the the one dude that was like, I love this time of year. I love this yeah. weather. Thank I you, thought, I thought he was delusional. So like I was going to let it pass because it was, yeah, we were like, there was like a lot of old people around. So I'm like, oh, okay. But then there's like, I still want to like flip the bird, be like, out of here. It's just like, we don't need those comments. We don't. And I'm just like. I really love that she said, uh, I'm tired and angry, but somebody should be because, you know, we're all angry. I think that most women, if not everybody inside is angry at something, you know, every day. I think that there's a little bit of anger invested in all of us about some sort of topic or issue. And I just think that it's it's time for us to speak out against it. And I think that Halsey's doing a great job being somebody with a huge platform that's speaking up against it. Yeah. And um, basically, the just want to talk about this last line the few last lines actually she says someone like me can be a real nightmare completely unaware but i'd rather be a real nightmare than die unaware someone like me can be a real nightmare completely aware but i'm glad to be a real nightmare so save your prayers 
And I think that's like, how many times do old white people tell anyone that's outspoken that isn't a cis white man that they need Jesus or they need to pray or if you're LGBTQ that they're praying for you? It's just honestly their worst nightmare to come in contact with somebody who defies the status quo or being, as Halsey said, complacent essentially. And it's just, I love, I love that last couple, the last couple of lines of that song because it's true. People like Halsey, the the woman that Halsey's speaking, um, speaking that narrative about which is herself and you know all of us it's a real nightmare you know people talking uh, uh people talking about these issues and being informed and being aware is you know the nightmare of these old white men and i fucking love it and it's just oh god what a good song <laughs> didn't halsey write colors loosely based off of red by taylor swift yes i stand we do stand i knew i loved that song for a reason ah <laughs> uh, I, lo- I, I love Badlands. That's a good record. But um, there's, a, there's a couple of women that we're going to talk about today, but another one who has been outspoken and believes that she's, um, not believes, but she is, she's really out there doing the most. And um, she talked about how she felt about the surviving R. Kelly events, and that is Lady Gaga. This we- is the one, you brought it up, and I'm like, I have not heard a single thing about this. Right. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention that in a second, but um, she actually, I'm going to talk about the abortion ban first, and then I'll talk about what you just said. But um, in relation to the abortion ban, she tweeted, it is an outrage to ban abortion in Alabama, period, and all the more heinous that it excludes those who have been raped or are experiencing incest non-consensual or not the singer and actress wrote she uh, so there's a higher penalty for doctors who perform these operations than for most rapists this is a travesty and i pray for all those women and young girls who suffer at the hands of the system and lady and this is uh what kate was just talking about lady gaga in addition to speaking up for what probably won't be the last time about the band she's also attached herself to an initiative called the teen mental health first aid which is uh which was already piloted in eight high schools i'm not sure where but there's an article from today and they wrote i know what it means to have someone support me and understand what i'm going through and every young person in the world should have someone to turn to when they're hurting lady gaga said in a facebook video it saved my life and it will save theirs the teen mental health first aid pilot program for young adults teaches young adults and people who work with them how to respond to signals of mental illness and substance use it's run by the national Council for Behavioral Health and supported by the Born This Way Foundation, a nonprofit uh, co-founded by Lady Gaga and her mother, Cynthia uh, Germanata. Sorry, I always butcher her last name. Dedicated to empowering young people. So I thought that was pretty insane. I didn't even know about that. I stumbled upon that article because I was looking up um, different artists who had spoken up about the abortion ban. Um, I, the, the day that all this happened, I wasn't really keeping up with, um, with everything. So there's this one article that I had found, I'll probably link in the show notes where it had like every single artist or at least female artist that, um, spoke up against the abortion, abortion ban. And I knew right away, I was like, I gotta see what Gaga said. Cause you know, Gaga said something. <laughs> and then I had just looked up Lady Gaga and I looked up news and that came up from like three days ago, which was, um, over a week ago when I wrote this episode. But it's insane. Why is nobody talking about this? I have no idea. This seems like it'd be something so huge. Right? And it's fun to, and like Lady Gaga's attached to it. How are we not talking about this? It was piloted in eight high schools. Oh my what God. the fuck? Today had to post about it. Fucking today. I have to tell you about this. I purposely didn't say this because I was saving it for your podcast. I come in with the content. Okay. I am contributing. Coming in hot. So there's a video. Taylor Swift was in France doing some radio interviews and there's a video of her 
signing autographs outside and the video is somebody handing her a picture and a marker and she looks at it and goes oh no sorry and hands it back so I was like what was that about I looked into it so she purposely did not sign the picture because it was her diet coke ad and diet coke people um donated tens of thousands of dollars into the politicians responsible for enacting the abortion ban and she she refused to sign pictures of her promoting them we stand oh god what what doesn't she do what doesn't she do i'm actually glad that you brought that up because i was um i was i wanted to say something about taylor swift because her and brendan yuri you can count on me to bring it up at any time i'm literally wearing a reputation hoodie right now (laughs) i really wanted to talk about taylor swift um because her and Brendan Urie has the song uh, have the song "Me" out, and I was going to talk about Brendan Urie later on in the episode. So I'm glad that you brought that up because I couldn't find anything about Taylor Swift. I got the segue. Oh, thank God. Um, I didn't really find anything. I mean, I kind of uh, she kind of does things more silently and subtly. Well, we I've talked about that before. How Taylor Swift doesn't really like to. Um, she's one of those artists that people have gotten on about in the past because she doesn't speak up against issues and everybody thought that she voted for Trump. And then she, she did speak it. up and everyone's like, what do you know? <laughs> that was great. I think I had, I definitely did an episode where I was like, Taylor Swift finally made a political statement. She actually, in that France interview, she made a statement saying she's going to keep up talking about it. Well, I think that this is the right time to, I mean, no offense, but like the political, um, the, the election of 2016 i definitely think that um it was one of those things that unless you were going to go balls to the wall as a celebrity talking about it if you just contributed like a little crumb about it it wasn't really worth anything like if you're going to use your platform use your platform don't just be like yeah trump sucks see that's why i love chrissy teigen (laughs) she's she's constantly out here just doing the most (laughs) (laughs) she's fucking tweeting trump from her from her bed breastfeeding her her lavish mansion (laughs) eating chips or something yeah. making making stuff yeah i fucking love chrissy Teigen. but um we're gonna keep up with the theme that we have going on here between uh, the abortion ban and the mental health conversation as always our girl Haley williams has been quite busy lately being an advocate for mental health in addition to using her voice to speak up against the ban as well she had tweeted i've been reading about the alabama abort alabama abortion ban all morning and trying to articulate how terrifying uh plus insane this all is i'm left with this boiling feeling of helplessness plus anger plus fear in my chest how do you celebrate your mother and then seek to control her and then she also said if you're a man and you think the handmaid's tale is a well-crafted show but maybe not the best way for modern society to operate then it's a really good time to start speaking out against the current war on women's bodies slash minds we are uh we need your allyship now i had actually tweeted at Haley um in relation to that tweet and i said i don't know what men you're talking to that think that that's a well-crafted show because every man that i've ever talked to every husband every boyfriend because um every almost every woman that i know in my daily life watches that show i watch it with my mom uh the doctors i work for at my office they watch it um everybody that's in my immediate circle watches that show but their husband their boyfriend okay that's what i hate i hate that we have to be like oh it's like this tv show and what if it's your mom or your sister yes. or your friend i hate that we have to relate it to men for them to give a shit about us and as if don't. we're not just people and they don't like i like i'm saying um every man that i've ever known um in in relation they um they say that that show's too feminist for me that show um it's not for me so i don't know why i would watch it or some dumbass reason um i know chad doesn't watch it because he told me that he doesn't like seeing women being treated like shit and that was the only logical excuse that i heard a man ever tell me for not watching that show and i'm like but chad you should watch it 
So um, I don't know if he's watching it now, but it was just funny. Like, I didn't want to attack Haley, but I'm like, where are you finding these men? Because I need to talk to them because I would love to see a man that actually watches that show and actually watches it. So, um, yeah, it was crazy. And then I got I got a couple of tweets back at that and people were agreeing with me. I had this guy I don't know actually agree. He's like, yeah, unfortunately, I have to agree. I've never heard anybody actually say that they you know, watch that show that wasn't a woman. So, but I do agree with Haley. That's very interesting. It, it was. And I replied to him. I don't remember what I said, but we were, we were talking back and forth for a little bit, but I do agree with what Haley said. I just don't know what men she's talking to that actually watch that show. But, um, she's actually doing something really cool. She's curating a sanctuary of self-love for this year's Bonnaroo, um, which is a festival in Tennessee, which is where she's from. And also, uh, recently spoke She's spoken about mental health uh, at a conference in Tennessee as well. Her friend and photographer, Lindsay Burns, in, uh, Lindsay interviewed her for Nylon and spoke to Haley about how and why she chose to do this. When Lindsay asked why she chose Bonnaroo to host it, she said, what I've loved about working with Bonnaroo is that I'm understanding the spirit and the culture that organization promotes and embodies. Ooh, I just scrolled down way too much. <laughs> sorry i would say that the plaza that we're building is for the introvert that's going to hang out at the festival for the weekend it's like this is where you can go uh take space for yourself meditate in the morning and recharge and reset and connect with every with either yourself or with other people in a way that maybe you haven't been able to at a festival before so that's another thing i love about bonnaroo is that they are interested in having a space uh for that Lindsay also asked her about her company good die young and how it uh, how she felt that it ties in and Haley said we stand for empowering people with tools for their own self-revelation creative identity self-expression using be beauty products as a means to tell their story rather than as a means to emulate other people's beauty it's about celebrating your own beauty I do feel a lot of new companies especially companies started by women are following this path of celebrating individuality and uniqueness and self-expression but I'm really excited about what we're doing because there aren't a ton of companies like us in the hair space that's the tea uh, so they were interested in that and they wanted to give a space for that at Bonnaroo. But then the con uh, conversation quickly escalated to, would you like to curate a space that involves Good Die Young, but also pulls into other organizations or other companies that do things that are in line with your values? And I was like, man, it would be so sick to center this around mental health because that's obviously, obviously such a huge conversation in culture right now. And what we're doing uh to better ourselves or what we're not doing for me for the last two years i was in huge denial about my depression i knew i was sad i knew that i'd been through some shit but i was like i'm i'm handling it i'm handling it and honestly right now the time that bonnaroo came to me about this i was not doing well the first meeting we were having i didn't until i didn't know until recently that i do this i was picking the skin around my fingernails incessantly until they bled and i kept them because i'm a hoarder i guess um i do that too so that's a big fat mood um, she also spoke to a local magazine, Refinery29, about it, and she said it's hard to believe it's hard to be in a crowd of people, a swarm. Uh, whether you're excited about seeing a band or walking from stage to stage, it can be overwhelming. Hopefully, this is a space for people to have time to themselves and reflect. Then the article also said the first time we started talking about the panels, I was apprehensive because I wondered who would want to come to a festival to sit and listen to people talk. James Charles thinks it's worth $500, apparently. Uh, William says, but when I thought about the nature of community and con uh, connection being part of why people come to the festivals in the first place, it's it's to not only see their favorite artists, but to uh, connect and feel. I love how much Haley talks. It's 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 great. Uh, Williams herself will 
Williams herself will be on hand throughout the weekend, working, attending panels and chatting with fans to get their feedback on what's working and what else they want to see in future um, iterations of the sanctuary. I'll probably be in PJs all weekend long. Big mood. Uh, Williams says with a taken therapy seriously, I feel more open about it and excited to to be transparent about my journey. As we started talking to the Bonnaroo production team, I think they saw I am passionate about not only things I already do for self-care, but, oh, for learn, I think she said, um, but about learning new ways. Uh, Wow, that was a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Haley did a lot. uh, like I like I just jokingly said, Haley does um, when she does interviews. She says a lot of stuff, and I feel that on a deep level. Everything that I write, everything that I have to say about my own journey, about my own stuff, is always very long. So I relate to that a lot. She did say a lot in that Nylon article that I link in the show notes, but those were the specific sound bites that I wanted to include in this that she talked about with Bonnaroo. Um, as you guys know, they played bon- a Paramore played Bonnaroo last year i i don't even know what year it is anymore but they played uh, i think 2018 my boyfriend uh got the pleasure of watching them because he worked for bonnaroo that oh weekend. shut up yeah stop yeah he he went uh i i asked him i was like did you did you go see paramore he's like of course i did i was like good you're a smart man um i tried i tried looking for him in the videos of it but i couldn't find him only to learn that he was in the crowd and i never would have seen him anyway but um but yeah paramore played bonnaroo last year and it was great it was great performance it's the best no friend i've ever seen in my life but i'm really happy that um i've talked about this like a million times already you guys know how i feel about paramore about Haley and her uh being an advocate for mental health but i think it's really great how she went kind of zero to a hundred like we had never seen paramore at least or at least Haley talk about any of these issues prior to after laughter and she really went balls to the wall, like talking about it. She's done so many interviews. Kate, uh, when I was off social media for a couple months, Kate had sent me an interview that Haley did. Um, I think it was for like IO magazine or, or one of those magazines. And damn, did that hit me like a fucking truck with everything that she said. She talked about her divorce. She talked about um, her healing from that divorce. She talked about so many things. And I just like, I sat at work and I just started crying. I wrote a lot of poetry after that. And it was just really cathartic for me. Like finally seeing somebody that I had looked up to since I was a kid, somebody that I've spoken to, somebody who's gone through it, finally talking about like, Hey, this, this is my journey and this is how it relates to me and mental health. So I think that her doing the sanctuary for self-love is really fucking dope. I'm really glad that celebrities have gone from zero to a hundred with this stuff. Cause I feel like before this is the right time as very taboo, but these past couple of years hasn't, that's when all this mental health stuff kind of started finally happening. I mean, I was only in high school four years ago and Oof. even then, like I didn't understand mental health back then I had anxiety and I didn't know it. You know what I mean? So it was kind of like, it hasn't, really become much of a thing that people talked about until recently and I love that everyone is now it's like everybody's on board now yeah and I'm just like I said a million times over but seeing people that you've kind of grown up with for the last 11 12 years finally talking about something that you relate to is really fucking awesome like I I've I don't know how many times I've talked about it now. I've talked about it on Twitter. I've talked about it on this podcast, but I've been a Paramore fan for a very long time. And um, this is the first time that I've ever felt like I've related to these people. And it's fucking dope. I, I hated that I didn't relate to them up until now. It really bothered me. It made me feel like a bad fan. It made me feel like I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know if I should go to these shows anymore. I didn't know if I should keep 
keep being in this community because I felt like so disconnected from them as people, as a band. I love their music, but I didn't feel anything else. Like I've, I've said this in a blog post before on my website, how people get last hope tattooed on them and how they cry every time at the show and it plays and all of these things that are so wonderful and magical. And I'm like, I don't feel that emotion a towards that song or B towards, you know, really anything that they do other than I love their music. And it just really bothered me. And then when after laughter came out, holy shit, it was a lot of emotions. <laughs> so the fact that Haley keeps keeping up with this conversation and, um, keeping it alive is really awesome. And even being vulnerable and giving so much of herself that she doesn't have to do just so she can help use her platform for good and being like, yo, mental health is something we have to talk about. Depression's real. I think that's really great. Um, but enough about Haley because we have other women that are doing stuff. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to continue to talk about mental health and can't continue the conversation about mental health and women in music without Billie Eilish. Ooh. Woo. We, we love Billie. Um, she's literally everywhere now, which is so crazy to me because I was telling Pat, I was like, do you remember when you told me, oh yeah, this new girl, she's 16 and she's, um, she's someone that you have to watch out for. Her name is Billie Eilish. Um, I think that's really crazy. We did that episode about a year ago at, that I had seen. Uh, we played Bellyache, and I didn't know anything about Billie Eilish. And then recently, she just exploded. She is everywhere. She is the main topic of every conversation with music right now, which I think is really great. She um, she'd given her two cents towards the abortion ban conversation. She told Variety magazine, "I have no words for the bitches in the fucking White House. It's so unbelievable. It makes me like red. It makes my ears fucking steam out of my head. Women should say." should do and feel and be exactly what they want there should be nobody else telling me telling them how to live their life how to how to do shit it just makes me mad so mad that if i start talking about it i won't stop men should not make women's choices that's all i have to say um which you know i totally agree with she's what 17 she's 17 yeah so woke at 17 we love that i i definitely think that i was telling kate about this you know there's so many um I'll say, I won't say kids. Um, there's so many young people out there in the, um, industry right now that are really killing it. Um, we have a couple personal friends that are in the music industry that are way younger than us that are just killing it. And it really just depends on the team that you have around you, you know, making sure that you make good decisions and make sure that you're using your platform in a, in a good way and not, um, a negative way and I definitely think that whoever's on Billie Eilish's team is really crushing it and giving her the right platforms to say certain things and making sure that she is doing things that are perpetuating her in a good light and not a bad light so to speak <laughs> without, without getting real shady I definitely think that Billie Eilish is one of those main people out there that are really doing good with her platform at such a young age and that's why it's important too that these people who have been around for so long or the people who are like the top dogs of whatever business they're in that they're involved in this too because like the newer generation and kids and people growing up and coming into the same things like now they're involved with it and aware and are working for it too Billy has also recently spoken up about being diagnosed with Tourette's syndrome um, from when she was a child. And she wrote on her Instagram story. I'll read it for you guys right now. I actually have to pull up the article. She said, 
I would love to get this straight so everyone can stop acting goofy. I have diagnosed Tourette's. I've never mentioned it on the internet because nobody thinks I'm dead ass, as well as the fact that I've never wanted people to think of Tourette's as anything uh, every time they think of me. And my tics are only physical and not super noticeable to others if you're not paying attention. Believe me, having them is a whole different type of misery. My Tourette's makes easy things a lot harder. Certain things increase and or trigger that the intensity of my tics. But it's something I grew up with and I'm used to. My family and closest friends know it is a part of me. I've taught myself ways of suppressing my tics and certain techniques to help reduce them when I don't when I do not want them to be distracting in certain situations. But again, suppressing them only makes them worse after the moment is over. Not going to go into full detail, but if you want to know more, I am an open book. Wasn't planning on talking about this on here maybe ever, but it's gotten to the, to a point, LOL. These compilations y'all been making of my tics are low-key funny, even when y'all make fun of them and shit. I know you're all confused so as to what it is, so just uh, so you know, it's Tourette's. So I think that's really awesome that she had taken to Instagram to kind of explain herself in a way, even though she didn't really have to. But, you know, people were making compilation videos of her tics, so to speak, and... um. I guess she finally just wanted to clear the air and talk about it. And um, also she did an article. Uh, there's an article from USA Today that that discusses how even at 17 years old, it's becoming a huge staple in the conversation about mental health. Um, it said Eilish appears in a new PSA for Seize the Awkward, a public service campaign for the Ad Council, Council the Jed Foundation and the American Foundation of, for Suicide Prevention intended to empower 16 to 24 year olds to talk about mental health issues with their peers and help their friends in need. I think when people here remember to take care of your mental health, they think that everybody they think that everyone else is and that uh, that is not all accurate Eilish says in the ad you know for me I'm trying to learn still to make sure that I stay okay it doesn't make you weak to ask for help it doesn't she adds it doesn't make you weak to ask for a friend to go to a therapist it shouldn't make you feel weak to ask someone anyone for help and you should be able to uh to ask anyone for help. Everyone has to help someone if they need it. You know, starting that conversation, you don't need to make a super serious right away. You know, you say, how are you feeling? Like, are you okay? Uh, it continued. Uh, it's not about trying to up their depression. It's not about who's sadder, who's gone through worse. It's about listening to people and actually just caring about them. I always refer to as the pain Olympics. In an appearance on Ellen last month, Eilish told Ellen DeGeneres about her diagnosis of Tourette's syndrome, discussing how after fans began making compilation videos of her tics during live appearances, she felt compelled to go public. It's something I've lived with my whole life, she said. Everybody in my family, all my friends, all the people that are closest to me know I have it and it's nothing. And it's not anything different. I just never said anything because I didn't want it to define who I was. I didn't want it to be Billie Eilish, the artist with Tourette's. She also appeared in a campaign for Calvin Klein where she talked about why she wears baggy clothing. She said, I never want the world to know anything, everything about me. She says, I mean, that's why I wear baggy, big baggy clothes. Nobody can have an opinion because they haven't seen what's underneath, you know. She continued and she said, nobody can be like, oh, she's slim thick. She's not slim thick. She's got a flat ass. She's got a fat ass. No one can say any of that because they don't know. Now, when she said that, originally, I thought that was kind of like, all right, girl, that's a little much. But then when I really thought about it, even as a 17-year-old girl, she's really understanding the way that the world and the media is towards women, towards, like, really anybody. You know, it's always a comment on their body. Even Sean Mendez did the uh, Calvin Clyde ad as well, and people kept talking about him. And, you know, 
the way that we as a society talk about people's bodies is just like not cool and i think that as a 17 year old girl even billy eilish saying something like that it really just kind of hits you doesn't it it's like yeah this girl is literally saying i wear baggy clothes not because just because i want to but also because i don't want people to have an opinion of what's underneath like i don't want people to say oh i have a big ass i have a small ass oh my tits are big my tits are small you know i think that's really fucking sad yeah especially as a 17 year old girl you know at 17 i wasn't really i mean that was forever ago but at 17 i wasn't really thinking about that at the time and you know, that's really, really scary that that's how much the world has changed and really used women's bodies as a topic of conversation. But I'm I don't glad know that why. she's talking about I, it. I don't know why that it's, it's such a huge deal. I remember Taylor Swift's uh, first performance back was performing me mm-hmm. with Brendan Urie at the, um, the BMAs or something. BMAs. Yeah. And everyone's first comment was, oh, my God, her legs are so much thicker than they were before. That was everyone's first opinion. And guess what? She that was a couple weeks ago. She's been performing again recently. And even I can tell that her legs are um, a little bit slimmer than they were. And I'm like, guess those comments have already taken their toll. Which sucks. It's just so heartbreaking. And that was only like two or three weeks ago. And I can already see a difference. I'm like, wow, she like got on that fast. Maybe she did. Maybe she didn't. Maybe it was like the TV looking like that. Yeah. but like why was that everyone's first opinion but you know what's weird like taylor swift was always really really like she's she's very tall i think she's 510 5'11. i looked up everyone was saying look at her from victoria's secret show 2013 or yeah. something she was so it was like she concerning. was very thin very concerning she was very thin i remember when i saw her at the victoria's secret fashion show i was like she could be a model she is very unhealthy yeah unhealthily skinny and i'm like listen who am i to tell people you know about their body but she was very very thin for most of her career like i always thought that she had very long skinny legs yeah and it's because she's tall too yeah exactly so kind of accentuates and elongates you know i guess distributes yeah she's she's another celebrity who's like don't talk about my body i don't want to hear it it's none of your business well the whole belly button thing how she was like she's never shown her belly button before really oh my god i think that's true (laughs) i've never thought about it a couple i think it was a couple years ago she's like um i don't know if she said it but somebody but it was definitely a news media outlet that's like yeah taylor swift has never shown her belly button so we don't know if she actually has one or not but (laughs) it was like kind of a joke slash like kind of true like she's like she wears crop tops and everything but nobody's ever seen her belly button before and I think that really speaks to the whole thing that Billie Eilish was kind of saying you know I don't want the world to know everything about me yeah and um it's funny that you brought that up because during reputation era I did notice that her her body seemed a little more healthy yeah than it's been in the past yeah, exactly she was always so skinny and I thought it was just because she was really tall maybe it just made her look skinnier than she was but if you do those old comparison pictures it, it goes difference. from very concerning to like oh wow healthy yeah but it's but it's funny that people are noticing now because reputation has been over a year long yeah and her legs have looked like that for a year yeah right and she's wore, she wore that leotard that whole tour literally the whole time the whole tour she wore those big high thigh high boots so i'm like really guys mm-hmm. we're talking about this now we're talking about it at all but it's just it, it sucks but i'm glad that billy eilish as a 17 year old girl is finally st- it, not finally but she's even seeing it young in her career and she's like i'm not going to go out of the gate and really give everybody everything about me and giving them a reason to have an opinion about me yeah and um, I do have one last lady on the docket, and that is Miss Grande. Miss Grande. Oh, Ariana Sorry, Grande. Grande. We got Venti's. Uh, yeah, we did. Um, I love Ariana Grande. I've spoken about how 
apparently it was her fault that her show in Manchester got bombed because of the way that she was dressed. <laughs> I cannot even comprehend how stupid that statement is. I did a is. whole episode. It's called uh, Don't Dress Like a Dangerous Woman. Uh, Ariana Grande has gotten... You're really good at your titles, I have I, to say. I am just really quick with the uh, with the wit on that. She uh, So she's been at the mercy of being talked about with her sexuality and her clothing before. So this is no surprise what I'm about to mention. But she has spoken out. Um, she I, I couldn't find anything that she directly said about the abortion ban. She just um, um, posted on her story an ACLU uh, tweet. So that was kind of her only contribution to the abortion ban. She doesn't really get too political sometimes, I will say, but she does get um, political, so to speak, in different areas, like about this. She had recently said that she wants people to start to stop um, touching others without consent. She wrote on Instagram, friendly reminder, grabbing slash touching people without their consent is harassment. Please do not put your hands on my photographers or friends or anyone you don't know for that matter. When you're in the pit at my shows, it's never okay or funny. Thank you. I can't believe this has to be said, but unfortunately it happens often. Thanks for listening. Uh, didn't Billie Eilish recently make that her story too? She got accidentally groped at her meet and greet. I believe I, I didn't see that, but I believe that happens. I mean, she is spoken up about sometimes Billie Eilish, a crowd surfs at shows and she's talked about how she gets grabbed, whether she thinks it's on accident or on purpose. She's like, yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate, but I want to crowd surf and that's kind of the chance that I take. Yeah. Well, crowd surfing's hard. You, yeah. You no matter have a what. whole ass butt, people are going to grab it. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where it's very unfortunate, but I feel like that happens to men too. I mean, yeah. It, when you're crowd surfing, and it's in the moment you don't really know where to touch. And I mean, if you're crowd surfing, I kind of think that in the back of your mind, you kind of have that, you know, I might get grabbed. I might, you know, but there are some people that take advantage of oh, people sure. that like full on grope you like you're crowd surfing. Your back is to the, to them. Like you do not need to go over and grab a boob or have you ever crowd surfed? I've never crowd surfed. I said that touche Amore's um, 10 year anniversary for to the beat of a dead horse was going to be my first crowd surf. But um, I had a sinus infection slash I think I was dying at that show. So I did not crowd surf for the safety of myself and others. Um, but I did scream my fucking lungs out that night. Um, even though that was a terrible idea. I had, I went to that show and I was very fucked up. Uh, you wanted to see that band here. And um, I said, absolutely not because the venue is an hour away and I'm not here for that. <laughs> I'm st I still might go. I still might go to Toronto or I still might go to Chicago. I, I want to see that show again. But anyway, I, I was very sick that night and uh, I stood in the back. I screamed my fucking heart out to uh, sleep. Like I said, I was gonna. And then I decided that I should be on an, on the phone for three hours after that. That was a terrible idea. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> um, yeah, I've never crowd surfed at a show before. It scares the shit out of me. But uh, but yeah, um, 10 out of 10, not a fan of that. But I did what I did mention. I wanted to talk about my friend Brendan Yuri over here. Can I just say my horoscope app just gave me my daily horoscope. And this is very on brand with this whole topic. <laughs> Resisting change and avoiding pain will always make you suffer. Oh, wow. Thank you. Thank you, universe, for that message <laughs> for all of us. I, lo I love the universe for that. Um, I love Brendan Yuri. We stand Brendan Yuri. I in this love house. dad number two. <laughs> the only... The only man that we can trust nowadays. Truly. Uh, Brendan has always been an advocate for a lot of things, especially the LGBTQ community. We have the um, Highest Hopes Foundation. Oh. What is plain? I don't know, but that was not, that was an ad I did not want. We don't consent to ads. No, we don't. Um, 
pan uh it says uh this is an article from people it says panic at the disco's lead singer brendan yuri who came out as pansexual last july he was kind of forced to not gonna lie mm. will be honored at this year's gleason respect awards in new york city on may 20th where he'll accept the inspiration award which is pretty awesome and uh, it says the longtime LGBTQ advocate who drapes himself in a pride flag during performances at his sold out shows told paper that even though he was married to a woman and very much in love with her, that he wasn't opposed to also dating a man because he was attracted to a person, not a certain gender. If a person is great, then a person is great. Yuri said at the time, adding, I just like people. If your heart's in the right place, I'm definitely attracted to men. It's just people that I'm attracted to. Now, um, I, as I just kind of said under my breath, Brendan was kind of, um, coaxed into coming out as pansexual um people kind of have always um i mean we were all there for the ride and fantasies of 2006 who wasn't um the fanfics everything um brendan yuri ryan ross forever people had always said that they were gay together that they were dating there's still youtube videos trying to convince everybody that they were dating um the whole sun and moon theory all of that and then I think that that kind of just followed Brendan, even though uh, Ryan had left the band. Uh, I definitely think that that still followed Brendan for a while. And I think that he just kind of got tired of it. And I think that people just kind of forced him to label himself. And he's like, all right, I'm, pan I'm pansexual. You know, I don't care anymore. Just label it here. Um, so I definitely think that he did it because people kept pressuring him to label himself. But I think the dude just loves who he loves. For sure. And it's just, it's really sad that we're just like pushing labels on people instead of just like letting it go. I mean, Ariana Grande, they, she did um, a collab for the song Monopoly and there's a line in it about loving men and women. So people had asked her like, you know, sir, are you bi? And she's like, I am who I am. Yeah. She's like, whatever you want to call it is fine with me, but I'm going to, I'm going to kiss who I want to kiss. I'm going to date who I want to date. Um, so I definitely think that there's a pressure on celebrities um, to label themselves and i think that's kind of gross in society it's just like i think that people want advocates um it's weird because it's that whole thing of like why would you come out if straight people don't have to come out you mm -hmm. know it's it's just so weird i, I can't I wrap my head around that's it. how i feel about the whole brendan yuri situation is that like he was clearly very supportive of the lgbtq community so yeah. why do we need to yeah like, it literally was like out? well you are in a straight relationship so what do you mean you support the lgbtq and it's like, mm, isn't that what we all want, though? It's right. very society is very weird how they treat celebrities. It's like they want inclusivity. They want people to use their platform for good. But then they're confused and uh, demand explanation. Like, what? What do you mean? You're straight and you support um, gay rights. Um, so you're gay. Um, what? It's just it's very strange to me. And I like the way that all these celebrities are handling it. Um, like how Halsey calling back to Halsey, how a Rolling Stone article a couple of years ago called her the try by. And she's like, I've never said that in my life. That's so disrespectful and so disgusting. I remember that. Cause she was, um, she's biracial. She's bisexual and, um, bipolar. I can't oh, think of yeah, the third I, one. I, yeah. I was like, what was the third one? Uh, I did again, I did an episode about that. Yeah, who says that? Who says that? She never said that. Like, yeah, she is all three of those things, but who calls themselves the fucking try by? It was just like, all right, go off, I guess, but please don't. And it was just, it was a lot. But I definitely think that celebrities in this generation are really out here doing the most. And I respect the fuck out of it. Yeah. We love, we love all of these people that we just talked about. So yeah, that was it.
That was it. That's it. That's um, it. Um, <laughs> considering Sam goes off of a script and I have no idea what we're talking about, like, that was pretty good. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I haven't written an episode in quite a long time. I'm not going to lie. So it was nice to sit down while I was at work, not working. Uh, sorry, too. <laughs> Uh, if anybody I work with listens to this, but it was a Friday and I just got inspired to start talking about the abortion ban and start talking about mental health. I have to, t- okay, Sam texted me 8.30 in the morning. We're going to talk about the abortion ban and the Halsey song and Ariana Grande and Lady Gaga with the charity and all of it. And I'm like, oh my God, it's 8.30 in the morning. I was, I go to work on Fridays at 6 a.m. Okay. I had a lot going on. Oh God. But I'm glad that we finally talked about it. Like I said, yeah, me too. I hate... I hate when these huge topics come up and I don't throw in my two cents with this, with having this podcast. I feel like it's kind of my responsibility to talk about these things, even though at the end of the day, who the fuck am I? I'm not, I'm not anybody of huge substance. I don't have a huge platform, but, but I feel any like kind of support and platform matters. Yeah. I think that with the kind of work that I'm doing with my podcast, I feel like it's important for me to have an opinion on these things such as the abortion ban and I felt kind of shitty not saying anything about it and I didn't want people to think that I didn't have an opinion on it because a sister had an opinion oh yeah but um I wanted the right time and I wanted the right space and I wanted the right you can um, post on insta stories all you want and I definitely did when this whole thing came about but it's like you have to go into it more it's a lot to break down and I had a lot to say and especially with the mental health conversation I'm always trying to have the mental health conversation especially on this podcast so I definitely think that this was the right thing to do even though it took me a week and a half to finally produce but hey it is what it is mm-hmm. so before we go I do have a song I was gonna play a couple songs in this what are episode we gonna play? oh we're wait just wait and see <laughs> um a couple weeks ago actually um my boyfriend had texted me this song um it's by a um i think it's just an artist her name is girl in red and it's really funny because i was looking through her discography after he had sent me this song the song is called dead girl in the pool um (laughs) um there's a song and there's a line that says i don't want to be your friend i just want to kiss your neck and i remember in like 2009 2010 this was everyone's like bio this was everybody's twitter that people would tweet about it all the time and i'm like what pop punk song is this from that's not cute first of all that's my whole ass last relationship i'm getting triggered i don't i don't want to be your friend i just want to kiss your neck uh, i thought it was like a neck deep song or a pop punk band song so i don't know if she's the um i don't know if she was the original person that made that line or if she just put it in a song that she made i have no idea but i thought that was really strange to see 10 years later uh, something that i saw so much in 2009 2010 finally wow come to light so he had sent me this song and he said he sent it to me in the form of a youtube link i don't know why he sent me a youtube link because it's on he's spotify living in 2008 that's what's happening <laughs> he's in, he has a google pixel i don't know what kind <laughs> of phone that is but um when he sends me memes it's like a google link it's oh. it's weird um but he sent me this youtube link and i was like what is this should i be scared i didn't know it was a song i thought it was like um i thought it was a video or something so i started listening and i was like yo this is a really good song so i listened to it a couple of times and he said that his friend had showed it to him so he showed it to me so i really like it like i said it's called dead girl in the pool it's just a single right now it came out this year it actually came out um actually he may have sent it to me the day that it came out he, um it came out may 8th and that was a couple weeks back and i think that that was probably when i got it um but there's a lot of singles on here i don't know if there's actually a um 
album oh no this is like an ep um there's a bunch of stuff on here from 2018 and 2019 um it's really good like i said i don't think it's a band i think it's just a girl but it's really good that's why i'm gonna play it for you guys um before you get to hear it uh, i'm gonna tell you where you can find me it changes every episode i swear um i'm still really not online um facebook.com slash robo hearts podcast hasn't seen the light of day in many months but whatever it is what it is you can follow it i might um i post new episodes on it at least i'm not really on facebook but i can use um the facebook pages app um i'm not really on twitter i'm on twitter this week because kate and i have been posting photos but you can follow me at sam is socks um i don't know if i'll make like a real return but i might post some dumb shit here and there i might post an opinion but um definitely definitely follow me because who knows when i'll make my grand return to the stage so to speak no one's saying that but whatever uh, i am heavily on instagram though oh no did i just give my instagram handle my uh <laughs> my twitter is rebel hearts girl i don't know if i said sam is socks but i confuse your instagram and your twitter <laughs> handles all the time when you're on that social media break and i had to go signing in for you i always switch them up and i'm like i'm gonna get her locked out every well, time it's fine because i wasn't on it anyway so you would have locked yourself out <laughs> but um again twitter is rebel hearts girl my instagram is sam is socks and is. i've been posting a lot on instagram i like instagram more than twitter because instagram is kind of innocent in in a way um it's just really picture sharing and then i mean obviously people post stories and stuff but i've been posting on my story a couple poems that i've been writing um for my book buy her book my book yes buy my fucking book rebel hearts podcast at bigcartel.com um i got a really good response and i'm still kind of emo about it but um I, I pushed back the release date because I wanted to make sure that everybody was getting what they paid for. Um, I wasn't too happy with the amount of content that I had. I was happy with what I wrote, but not the amount that there was. So I really sat and um, everything I want to do is genuine. But I got really inspired after that Haley interview and wrote a lot. Um, being in a relationship with somebody who is as cool as my boyfriend is. I've been writing a lot of poetry just inspired by songs that we've listened to and just like experiences with him and friends and moving. And a lot of life has happened in the past couple of months. So I've had a lot to write about uh, that I didn't prior to the announcement of the release date. So I've been writing a lot. Some of the poems I've been posting on Instagram and I know it's like, well, what's the point? Why would I buy a book if you're posting everything for free online? It's like, no, for everything I post, I, I write like three more poems. So don't be discouraged if I'm posting everything on Instagram stories. I promise it's not everything. The book is almost 120 pages long. A couple of Instagram stories isn't going to, you know, ruin anything, I promise. So yeah, again, it's Rebel Hearts Podcast at BigCartel.com if you guys want to pre-order it. It won't sell out. I will make as many as I need to. It'll be in circulation forever so definitely pick it up when you have money when you have time i get it the struggle is real i had to push back the release date for many reasons but one of them is because i just needed a coupon code so i can get it made you said <laughs> discount code sister that's your hint yeah i still have that on there i never <laughs> took it off but yeah there's a sister discount code if you guys get the hint like kate just said so if you want to save you know a certain percentage there's a certain code that you can use. At There's checkout. a certain code, sister. There's a sister code. So yeah, I'll put Kate's um, stuff in the show notes too. You guys can follow her. Yeah, please do. Um, it'll really help my ego. <laughs> really need that inflated. You really, know? yeah. You know what? We're working real hard on Instagram pics. We need those likes. Mm. There has been a lot of um, there has been a lot of good content happening. So definitely check that out. All right. That's it.
Bye. Bye. I'll see you guys at the front. Here is Girl in Red. Empty bottles everywhere People sleeping on the stairs Got something stuck in my hair No idea how it got there This is the morning after The house is such a disaster A creepy dream I can't escape